Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. So one of the things that I think is very important, we talk about local businesses, people that are the experts in these areas in our community. I think there's an important philosophy to practice what you preach and I'm excited to with today's guest. I know that he just doesn't go out and position himself as an expert in commercial real estate. He's an active investor. And Bill, I know you guys were talking before the show, and y'all had an exciting connection. You want to bring up, bring that up? Yes, I always, uh, when I get an opportunity to, check out our guest on LinkedIn, see if they have a LinkedIn profile before we get to the studio. And I noticed that our guest had graduated from Mississippi State University. So naturally, when he walked into the studio, first thing I asked him was, are you a Mississippian? And he said, yes. I said, well, I am too. Where are you from? He said, you'd never guess the name (laughs) of the town. So he mentioned the name of the town, Kosciuszko, Mississippi. And I said, well... Not only am I familiar with it, my college roommate was from Kosciuszko. So here we are, two Mississippians, and glad to be together here in Georgia. It's exciting, and I think our guest lost a dollar on that bet. Yes, and he had not heard of my hometown, Columbia. Well, I I don't carry cash with me, so good good luck getting that money. Yeah, do you take Amex, Bill? (laughs) Or PayPal? I'll I'll take whatever pays. (laughs) Well, our guest today uh, is Brian Patton, CCIM, founder of Brian Patton Commercial. He deals with real estate, and he, he wrote a book. And, and I'm, I love this book, Mailbox Moolah, How Real Estate Cash Flows Put Money in Your Mailbox. What the heck is moolah? There you go. So, Brian Pe- uh, Patton, welcome to the show. Why don't we answer Bill's question? What is Mailbox Moolah? Thanks for letting me be here. So, you know, when I, I, had, a, I had a regular job back uh, about 15 years ago. And before that, I started uh, investing in real estate. And the main reason was, I, I, you know, when I was growing up in Mississippi, um, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be rich. I want to be rich someday, and what what I actually thought that being <clears throat> being rich was all about was having a million dollars in the bank. Right. Um, but I soon realized, as I matured a little bit in my thinking and my financial life, that <clears throat> that cash flow is what it was all about, and that's where my mailbox moolah comes from. So, you know, it doesn't do you any good to have a million dollars in the bank if you're you know, if you're making 0.1%, or, you know, a tenth of a percent on, on your money, you're making $10,000 a year. You, it's hard to live off 10000 I mean, you you could literally have a million dollars in the bank and live at a poverty level because of the interest you, you're, you're, you're getting. So the key to being rich, in my view, is having enough money to afford your monthly expenses and to live the life you want. I was meeting, I was meeting with a doctor and his wife last week. <clears throat> And that, and um, they wanted to talk about buying some real estate, and you know doctors make a lot of money. Uh, this guy had a lot, lot of net worth, and I said, well, "What's the number one thing you're look, you you want out you want from this conversation?" So I, I need more cash. I need I need cash flow. You know, so this doctor was all about. He said, "Look, I go to I had to go to work to make money, and 
I want something that I can make passive cash flow out of without going to work every day. And I and I didn't even talk. I, I told them about a piece of property, a piece of land that they could buy, and said, "Look, you know, this is a really good deal. You could probably you could probably double your money on this in four or five years." He said, "Well, there's no cash flow." I said, "True. Well, you know, that's so you really got to decide." Uh, whether or not you want to be a cash flow investor or a, or a net worth investor, and that's sort of you know my my first thought process when I start thinking when I start advising people on on uh, buying real estate, you know I, you know this is this is airing on July the fourth, um, you know, and so to me um, leaving a, I had a government job and I started buying this real estate, and it was really about freedom for me, um, freedom from being in the rat race. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being in the rat race. Some people love that, but for me, that I, I hated it. Um, I hated, um, you know, having to go to work every day and ask my boss, you know, mother, may I, you know, have a day off to go to be with my kids because I knew I could I could accomplish more by not doing that. So I wanted to own my own business and own own real estate in order to uh, to meet my. Uh, monthly expenses and I did that after about seven or eight years of investing I started um, I believe this was 1997 after about seven years I'd amassed enough uh, real estate cash flow to basically retire from my nine-to-five job and that's what this book mailbox moolah uh, sort of outlines how I did that uh, you can you can find it on mailboxmoolah.com as well as Amazon um, my mailbox moolah commercial uh, uh, edition actually was number one on Amazon's bestsellers list for a while back about a year and a half ago. So excellent. Well, you know, you talk about cash flow in the definition of rich. I'm glad you brought that up, Brian, because in the retirement planning world, the conversations I'm having is it, it can be deceptive, kind of the way we're brought up, the way we're taught. And I can tell you, I, I've had multimillionaires with very high expenses that are that are broke and I've had people that have cash flow maybe of six thousand dollars but their expensive their expenses are three thousand and they're actually rich. Right? Yeah. It's it's all right. relative to where you are in creating and, and just to break it down, cash flow right is simply more income coming in than expense going out. I mean we don't have to overcomplicate that. And what Brian masterfully did when he transitioned from the from from more of a paycheck job is he systematically built and stacked pieces of income until he can now cover that expenses going out. And that's what he teaches people to do in these books. So, And it's not a hard thing to do. I have a good friend that's a, a, a banker. He sold a bank. Okay, he's got a couple million dollars just sitting. And he's scared to death because he doesn't have any cash flow. You know, he's, he's living off of principle. So, you know, $2 million will last a while, but at some point you're going to run out of principle. Well, when you have cash flow, when you have properties that are are flowing in cash every month, you'll never run out of principal. I mean, a hundred years from now, you'll still own a property that's producing cash flow. A hundred years from now, he won't have two million dollars in the bank. All right. Well, th- I mean, this is th- there's so much to talk about here. We're talking about freedom here on Fourth mm-hmm. of July weekend. We're talking about investing for uh, cash flow. Uh, and, and and just how do we have a strategy? How do we put this together? And I think Brian made a great point. It's not necessarily hard. It's just having a blueprint or a plan, not necessarily what your brother did, not what somebody at work did or a neighbor. It's what is it you're trying to accomplish? And you can systematically over, over a little period of time 
put these things into place. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. We're talking commercial real estate and real estate investing with our expert, Brian Patton. So, Brian, that brings me to the next question. I know you're working on releasing 30 days to Mailbox Moolah. That's going to be the next mm-hmm. edition, right? Well, I've had several friends that listened to my podcast and read my books, and they said, this is great information, Brian, but we don't know the next step. So I thought, well, I really need to have a book that tells you in 30 days, if you do these, if you make these decisions and follow this path, you can you can start. Now, it doesn't mean you can retire in 30 days. You know, this is a this is not a get rich quick scheme. It's a get get. I don't know if it's get rich. It's a get cash flow scheme over a period of time. Right. It took me about seven years to do it. It's the quick start plan. Yeah, and and, and you know, it's. it's and we can get into more. Part of my book is going to have, I, I created a, a performa, you know, a spreadsheet of, you know, I have a friend that's a firefighter and he was saying, Brian, I really want to do this, but, you know, I don't have a lot of money. Well, you don't have to have a lot of money. You can take $25,000, go buy go buy a house, live in it for two years, take the cash flow you've created over that, with that rental, go buy your next one. You can do this over every two years. For the next 15 years, I think, is the strategy I've created for him, $200,000 house, putting 5% down. And the reason you have to move is because primary housing, you have to you typically put 5% down. If it's an investment, you have to put 20% down So to, to help to keep your capital. And you don't, you're not starting with a lot of capital. And over a 15-year period, he's, he's got eight houses. He's got about $35,000, $40,000 in rental income coming in. Plus, he's got about two hundred thousand dollars in cash sitting in the bank. So, I mean, it's it's really an easy system. I mean, how much easier is it to go buy a house, live in it for two years, go buy another house, live in it for two years? It's not like you get. It's not you don't have to be brilliant. It's just a simple strategy. The problem is, most people, a lot of people, don't want to make those decisions. It's it's you know, it's not easy decisions to make. But once you make that decision, like my wife and I did. We created that that cash flow to live off of. And I think, Brian, it's clarity of thinking out, hey, let's think out 10 to 15 years and back into a plan. I think most people are just kind of reacting and responding very passively as opposed to, like I said, hey, here's what I want. Now here's how I'm going to go out and create it step by step. And those same people will work at a job for 40 years expecting retirement. You know, they'll they'll go to a job 30, you know, for 30 or 40 years every day. And expect, okay, well, that's that's you know that's that's sort of what I'm supposed to do, right? Go work at this job, and hopefully there'll be retirement. You know, you don't have to do that with your life. You can you can invest properly, and part of that strategy should be in real estate, and you can get toward get to retirement a little quicker. Create your own pension. Yeah. One of the things that I'm reminded of when we talk about where interest rates are today, and that. Even if you've got some pretty sizable assets, cash assets, you um, the, the return will not be that much. It reminds me of many years ago, and I'm not even sure if you'd be familiar with it, but banks had what they would call passbook savings books. And uh, people would go in there and they would deposit maybe $10 a month or $20 a month. And they were so excited because they would get 2 to 3% return. <laughs> well, here we are all these years later back to where the returns we used to get from other types of investments and savings investments have 
have plummeted. Yeah, I'd love to get two or three percent on my bank savings right now. <laughs> you know, we're close to that. Um, you know, and you know, obviously, I know Bo, you probably you probably help people look at different types of investing. And you know, real estate, while we call it passive, it's it's not it's not a no work strategy. I mean, it it, ta- it does take work. It's sort of a part time job, I would say. But um, there are some ways to mitigate that, so using property managers, managers and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it typically has you know, the the America's uh, America's wealthy have gotten something like seventy five percent of them have gotten there because of real estate, right? Not the stock market. You know, it's a lot harder to me. I don't know. I don't understand the stock market. I I buy stocks, and sometimes I make money, and sometimes I don't. I understand real estate. I know if I buy a house. And my mortgage payment's fifteen hundred dollars a month, and I rent it for two thousand dollars a month. That makes a lot of sense to me. I get that. You it's know, paying I, for itself. Yeah, I understand that math. Well, we're here with Brian Patton, Numbo Henderson, Doctor Bill Lampton's right here to my side, and we're talking about um, financial freedom. We're talking about a plan and a strategy using real estate, what we're calling mailbox moolah to create that freedom to be able to pay your um, what if we could stop today and we had things in place to pay our bills without having to go to a job right we're going to talk about that and a lot more i want to get into some specifics of your 30-day plan maybe a few of the steps when we come back right here on north georgia business radio x talking freedom today we're talking financial freedom here on north georgia business radio x i'm bo henderson here with dr bill lampton we're talking to brian Patton, and we're talking about this book you're working you're about to to roll out called mailbox moolah in 30 days right 30 days to mailbox moolah and let's just give people a taste of what i love about this brian is you broke it down into hey here's what we do literally day one day two day three Let's start with day one, and let's just give a give a taste of how you're walking people through this process. Where do we start? Sure. So you know, day one is you got to decide what kind of investor you are. Um, there, to in my mind, there are two types of investors: cash flow investors and net worth investors. I, I mentioned in, uh, earlier that um, the doctor I talked with, you know, he he was he was a cash flow investor. He said, "Look, I got all the net worth I need." Net worth at the end of the day doesn't buy me a coffee at the coffee shop. Right. You know, cash flow buys me a coffee. Cash flow buys my groceries. And to me, that's where I sort of started. That's where I started out, and that's where my love is. But that doesn't mean that's the only kind of, kind of investor. You can be a net worth investor, too. And, the simple, you know, the simple thing is a cash flow investor invests in properties that create cash flow. Net worth investor invests for the long term or a flip. Mm-hmm. So you might buy, you know, you might go buy a house, fix it up, and flip it. That's sort of a net worth investor. You're not expecting to get cash flow, even though it's shorter term, it's short short term cash flow, in essence. Um, you might go buy a piece of land. That would be a net worth investor. Hey, I'm gonna buy a, a, a piece of land for X, and in ten years I'm gonna sell it for X times three. Um, but cash flow investor is buying a piece of property. Now I start out in residential. I, I I mostly do commercial real estate investments now. That's really all I do. I don't sell houses unless they're investment houses. So from a career standpoint, that's what I do on the side. Or is the commercial real estate not on the side, but full time on com- com- commercial real estate. My portfolio now is made up of 
houses, duplexes, industrial buildings, and office buildings. But typically, most people start out in the residential side just because it's easier. I don't, you know, I didn't have as much cash back then. <clears throat> typically, when you're starting out, you don't have a lot of cash to get started. If you have a lot of st- cash to get started, then that's sort of a separate, uh, you know, I-, I would recommend you go with, with commercial. It also depends on how much time you have. You know, commercial tends to take less pro- less management time, property management time. Residential takes a little more property management and um, sort of hands-on. Could you do both? Could you be like hybrid and say, hey, I want to get my cash flow to, to this level, and then I want to start investing for net worth? Absolutely. Diversif- diversification, right? That's one reason I have a, a diversified portfolio. I like I like that. Um, it's, it's a st- st- stable p- portfolio. Um, it's just, you know, most people live in a house so they can sort of grasp what that, how to, how that works. They've rented at some point so they can, they know how to find tenants and that sort of thing. So it's just easier for most people to start with residential. But, you know, as you build that residential portfolio, you start typically like, for instance, uh, last week I sold a, a lady had five rental properties in Roswell and I sold all five of those and now we're buying, she's buying a dollar general store. So it's a triple net commercial building. So, you know, as you start building that that uh, that net worth and you start building a portfolio of things you can sell, houses, and go to something larger, and as you get older, you typically want a less management headache. So it's like Monopoly. You can trade your, your five houses for the motel, right? <laughs> My wife says I like to play real-life Monopoly. You are, but yeah. Yeah, you are the Monopoly guy. <laughs> So what what switched you specifically from from real estate to commercial? Well, so you know, doing I think the residential side uh, again, probably more of a matter of age. I'm getting a little tired of dealing with the hassles of property management of of a residential portfolio. I still own s- several houses, um, but as I get older, I'm I won't, I'm looking for something that's more hands-off landlord type stuff so i can enjoy my life a little bit more not like i said earlier it's it's we call it passive income but that doesn't mean you don't have to do anything when you get you know up to 25 30 properties you know it it becomes a part-time job so um and plus you know if you look at commercial the commercial side can uh produce much better returns long term you just have to wait for it um but the, you know, the residential during this, uh, the COVID recession, I guess we'll start calling it, um, you know, we have low-income housing and middle-income housing, and they, they did really well. You know, we had basically no vacancies. Everybody, everybody paid their rent. So we, you know, that's a, a one another reason I like to be diversified, because you can weather different types of storms. And it goes back to you're clear about your situation, and that's kind of, so that's first step. That is day one is let's have a conversation. I know if you reach out to Brian, he can help you talk through this conversation. What is my end goal? Am I retiring in 15 years or am I, and I got a 10 year goal? What is that end goal? And how do I back into a plan to get there? Whether it's a net worth play or whether it's building up a certain amount of cash flow. Now we'll get to day two and what's the next step in building this financial freedom, this mailbox moolah with Brian Patton. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lanton. And we'll be right back on North Georgia Business Radio X. Very good. Business Radio X. That's it.
Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lanton. And on this 4th of July weekend, we're talking about financial freedom through real estate with our guest expert, Brian Patton. Kind of ironic we're talking about freedom on July 4th. I think it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, good tie-in there. Brian, I know at the outset of our conversation, we talked about mailbox moolah. Maybe somebody has joined us later or didn't quite catch what we meant by there, that at the first, is this, uh, you call it mailbox, is, is this because from our investments, checks are coming to us in our mailbox? Is that what that's all about? Absolutely. I go, okay. to the, I go to the post office and I collect my rent checks. It's a wonderful thing. And as I start building up over the years, you know, it took me about seven or eight years to build that up to where I could actually quit my government day job and start doing, and basically retiring. And I, then I opened my commercial real estate company. Um, but yeah, it's um, you know, there's there's a there's an ama- there's an amazing lift off the shoulders when y- you don't have to rely on somebody else for your retirement. Um, and I like most like a lot of people, I sort of saw the writing on the wall when you when you are counting on a on a company to keep you on board. And let's say you're you know there for thirty years, and I kept reading about oh this guy was there for thirty years, and you know two years before before retirement they fired him. Yep. Just, just have to keep paying in retirement. It's like I don't want to be in that kind of situation. I want to be, I want to direct my own life and my own retirement. Well, there's something else uh, we need to consider now too. That company may not be around. Absolutely. Because I mean, how many big name companies where somebody gave twenty or thirty years? Uh, and I won't mention any of them, but we all know some of the big name companies, and they're going to be others. There'll be others, uh, and companies you would have never thought would have gone out of That's business right. because there's one, there's there's those now that we thought they're, they're household never names. Household, household names. names. We knew exactly. them when we were kids, right? Uh, and there's a discrepancy. <clears throat> Research has shown there's a description the discrepancy where people say, "Hey, my goal is to work till 67." That's the plan. That's the goal. But there's a discrepancy when they actually stop working from when they plan to stop working. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things outside of our control. And one other thing I want to throw in there is not to mention over 84,000 pensions have been eliminated. So mm-hmm. at some point, what you're talking, I really appreciate what you're talking about, Brian, is those things are outside of your control. But what can I do to control to make sure I'm not caught and quote unquote unlucky because of circumstances I can't control. Right, and, and and you don't have to do this, you know, you don't have to set out, out, out on the path like I did in order to, to quit your job. You might love your job. You just might want some, a little extra cash flow, you know. Um, nothing wrong with, with buying two or three properties and being being happy with that, and that's, you know, helping uh, to pay for vacations, helping to pay for college. Um, you know, there, there's, so, there's so many people now that will go out and buy a brand-new vehicle uh, when they probably don't need one, and what they really ought to be buying is a piece of investment real estate to help pay for that vehicle. Right, that would cover the payment. It's like a rich dad, poor dad. Robert Kiyosaki calls do you know they're doodads. You right. know they're they're out there buying junk just to try to impress their neighbors. And I had a lot of friends when I started this process. Brian, won't you go? You know, won't you go buy a new vehicle? Won't you go? You know, won't you buy a bigger, sell the house you just lived in, buy a bigger house? You know, you wouldn't get it if I explained it to you, because you know you're you're all about trying to impress other people. I wasn't like that. Short-term thinking. Short-term thinking. It reminds me very much of of uh, Thomas Stanley's book, The Millionaire Mind, mm. where in the book he said that there are many, and he also has another book 
the the millionaire next door. Mm-hmm. He said, you might be very well surrounded by people who are living in modest houses, driving mid-sized cars, not taking the luxury vacations, and that's why they're millionaires. And Warren Buffett still lives in the house he bought, what, 45 mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he could afford to move. Oh, he certainly could. You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lampton. We're talking to our local expert, Brian Patton, on financial freedom through real estate. Now, Brian, we talked about day one. Hey, let's get really clear on what's our goal, what's our plan. Then we turn the page to day two. What do we need to be thinking about? I think day two is when you need to decide, you know, am I going to use debt or am I, which was also called leverage, or am I going to use cash? And most people wind up using debt or leverage just because they don't have a, a lot of money laying around to invest. Um, and that's what I did. Um, but you have to be very careful because uh, too much leverage can, uh, you know, can be your downfall. Uh, there's been a lot of people that have gone bankrupt, uh, especially in real estate, several times over. Um, but the, the beauty of using leverage is it increases your, uh, your return on your investment your return, your percentage return astronomically, um, and I won't bore you with all with all the details. If you just go online, you can find some uh, mortgage app, mortgage uh, calculators, and figure up if you you know if you take, say, you buy a two hundred thousand dollar property, just call it a house, and you know the difference between putting two hundred thousand dollars in cash as opposed to putting ten or twenty thousand dollars in cash, you know you can tr- sometimes triple your rate of return by using leverage especially especially when our rates are so low you know four percent sub four to four and a half percent for investment property um so now is certainly the time and the beauty of of leverage or debt now is because we certainly most experts say we certainly will be seeing inflation moving up because of all the money that we're spending uh, from a nation standpoint um so as inflation increases interest rates are going to increase and if you've got a 20 or 30 year uh, mortgage is fixed right there um, that'll never go up over that period you you'll be making you you know you'll be doing really well because your rents are going up um, and that's and you know that's why I like leverage too is because it's a hedge against inflation well let's talk about that so there, there's camps out there right there's there's people out there that say under no circumstances no debt's good debt um, not going to mess with it, not going to touch it. And then, then I've seen other examples, and this is especially true of new investors saying, hey, I'm going to, I I realize real estate investing's uh, a good thing, and they go out and try it, and they over leverage, and they blow up. So how would you, how would you, somebody came to you for some counseling or consulting, how would you help somebody navigate, okay, here's a reasonable amount of leverage for this kind of investment to be where I you need to be? I think it depends a lot on what you're full-time gig is right you know if you're a doctor um and you and you foresee uh you know continued high in high potential in earning income um i think it's okay to get a little a little crazy on your on your debt you know um if you're if you're making uh 40 or fifty thousand dollars a year um you might you know you might and you don't have a lot of room uh, for for error, you might you might want to be a little more careful. So you know it's it's really a a personal decision based upon all those criteria and uh, you know perhaps what other assets you own. So it's situational, like yeah, everything. Right. It depends. That's that's the broad answer. It depends, but there is some power in that leverage. Meaning, if I put in two hundred thousand dollars of my money 
and and just say for simple math, I get a ten percent return. Mm-hmm. If I've only tied up twenty thousand dollars of that money, it's times ten, right? Exactly. So big power. Of course, you leverage. got some mortgage debt in there typically that that draws that down. Right. But yeah, definitely your your return on your money is is huge. I think too, Brian. This this comes to that building your team conversation we have in yeah. a lot of different arenas. Mm-hmm. Is that hey, maybe not if this is a new idea, and and that's the people I've seen burnt in certain situations. Is how would you recommend? I know you could run point on this, but but how would you recommend finding that team? And I, I already brought up one case: is that hey, Brian, I brought him on the show because I I, I know he doesn't just do commercial real estate. I know he's an investor. So, right, you want somebody doing what they're teaching you to do. Absolutely. You know, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, you know, <laughs> that, that that takes a lot of planning, a lot of information you need to gather. Are you going to go talk to somebody that's never climbed Mount Everest? No, you're going to go talk to the, lo- the local people that, have, that climb Mount Everest all the time. It's the same way if you're looking at climbing the Mount Everest of financial freedom, um, you want somebody that's done it or at least is well on the way. And, uh, you know, there's so many uh, advisors out there that have never done any of this. Um, but you know, real estate agents are some of the worst. You know that that they don't they don't know how to go buy investment property. They've never done it. I mean, I've bought some of my best properties from agents that call me up. Say, hey, I, I really want to buy some investment property, but I'm scared of this one. But maybe you'll want to buy it. I had it reminds me of a story. <laughs> a, a, a lady t- uh, brought a house to me. She said, Oh, it's got termites. You know, and so I'm scared of buying it. But I really want to buy investment property. So why don't you buy it? No, no, no. I, it, it's too risky for me. I mean, it could cost $50,000 in termite damage. I said, okay, I'll buy it. It cost like $4,000 of termite damage. It turned out to be a great deal. It turned out to be a great deal. She should have bought it. But people get scared. People don't. Um, so, you know, if you're when, you come, when it comes to hiring advisors, number one, make sure that they've done this, some themselves. And don't listen to a person, don't listen to a poor person about money. If they don't have any money. You know, if they're, if they're a guru, if they're a, a a financial expert of some sort and they don't have any money themselves and obviously they may not know what they're doing right <laughs> so so far it seems to me we've talked about investing in buildings whether it's um, houses or commercial buildings we haven't said anything about investing in land where does that come into play in in your your situation i think land is is you know further down from if, if you're a new investor starting out if you don't have some expertise in the area i have a good bit of expertise in the area uh, and probably enough to know that it's it's very dangerous land can be very dangerous for you to buy because typically you know you're um Laws change, regulations change. Uh, land is very dependent upon what kind of densities you can get, which is very politically uh, attuned, you know, because I've seen uh, uh, land in my county where I'm where I live that you know uh, five or six years ago um, could you could sell for three times what you can sell it for now, and strictly because the local politicians won't give the kind of density they used to for 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 development like residential housing type density so it's a very you got to be really good at doing land to make money and a lot i can can tell you i sell a lot of land and a lot of people i sell land for wish they hadn't bought it it might not appreciate right um and so timing's everything about land you could potentially make a killing or you could sit there and hold land for 10 or 15 years before you get any kind of return out of it so it's 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 a tough one well, listening to advice. So that's really day three. We've kind of covered that. So so in day three of our, our 30 days to mailbox moolah, 
Um, we're listening, but we're listening to the right people. We're asking the right questions. And when we come back, I want to get to the next day, and then we'll kind of wrap up. And I want uh, I want Brian to give us uh, next steps. If we, we feel like, hey, this is something I want to look into further. I like the sound of financial freedom. I like the sound of going to my mailbox and collecting checks. Um, we'll ask him, how do we do that and what's the next step? We'll get to that and a whole lot more when we come back right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. talking about financial freedom through real estate, going to the mailbox to collect checks, what we're calling mailbox moolah. I'm here with our guest expert, Brian Patton. I'm Bo Henderson here with Dr. Bill Lanton. And we've been talking about 30 days to mailbox moolah, 30 days to financial freedom, which I think is very appropriate here on 4th of July weekend. And we've gotten to day four of 30, and that's probably as much as we're going to have time to get to. But then we're, we're starting to have this conversation. Okay. I like, I got some clarity around what I want to do. Um, I, I'm listening to the right people. I'm getting my head around how to utilize debt or not. And now we've got to have the right advisors. Yes. Uh, you know, Brian, I, I have a similar background to you in that I worked for the other guy, as we might put it, for a couple of decades and then became an entrepreneur. And one of the things that I found, which I'm sure you did, and most entrepreneurs find, is that you need some good advisors. In fact, and you mentioned 1997, that was the year I started my company. There are two advisors, one for marketing, one for technology, that I was fortunate enough to find then, and I still rely on them. In fact, one of them I've got on a, a phone appointment with tomorrow. Uh, you, one of the big mistakes anybody who starts out on a venture on their own, whether it's investing or communication consulting, as I'm doing or whatever, is to think that I'll just go it alone. <laughs> so what kind of uh, – let's say we've got someone who has – responded very well to the directions that you're giving here. What would be the ideal team of advisors that this person would need? Yeah, I think you probably need, starting out, you need probably three advisors, probably a mortgage broker, a real estate broker, and a CPA. And, um, you know, a mortgage broker can really help you sort of figure out uh, how much how much you can qualify, what are the things that you need to do with your income to uh, to get you toward qualification, how to work on your credit report. Those things are important because 99% of us out there that are buying real estate are going to be using uh, a cre- a credit lenders. And if you, can't get the, if you can't get the credit, if you can't get the loan, you can't get the real estate. So that's the first step you got to do is start talking to a mortgage broker. And, you know, um, a couple of things is don't hire, don't hire somebody just because they're a friend. And we sort of covered this a few minutes ago, but um, it's okay to, to have a friend in the business, but make sure that they're good at what they do. 
and they've been doing it a while. Now everybody has a first deal, so I'm not saying you know don't don't ever use somebody that's that's brand new in the business. But you really want to find somebody that knows what they're doing. They may not be the cheapest. Don't you know? I see so many people trying to say squeeze a dollar here and save a dollar there, and it winds up hurting them in the long run. Right. Um, you know, people that are good at, good at what they do get paid well. And you should be willing to pay somebody well if they're going to help you get to where you need to be. It's an investment. It's not a cost. Absolutely. And, you know, um, you, sh- you should probably quit looking at <clears throat> these types of people. You know, if, if you if you have the mentality that, the, that these people are only out to get your money, that every time you talk to a real estate agent, they're just trying to sell you something to get your money. Some of them are, but most of them are. If that's your mentality, you probably will never be a, a good investor. Because you're so concerned about somebody cheating you, you can't open your mind to, to, to be able to work with somebody that can help you. And most of these people, look, whether or not you call on me as a real estate broker, I, I don't really care. I got enough business that I don't need a lot of people calling me. I'm here. I want to help people. And the people that help me, you know, I'm thinking of a mortgage broker right now in Alpharetta, Steve Beecham. He's been one of the best mentors and advisors I've ever had. And those kind of people, and to this day, I've started using him 20 years ago. To this day, he's my go-to guy. Those kind of people that are, that you, and you can tell when people really want to help you. You know, um, as you get older, you start being able to weed out the people who are just trying to sell you something, the people that are trying to trying to help you. And there's a lot of people out there that are willing to help you, and that's the kind of people you got to look for. But don't be cheap. You know, don't don't try to nickel and dime them because they got other people to work with. So we start with the mortgage broker, and now here's the next step. There's a lot of real estate agents out there. How do we find one? I- any good questions? How do we find the right one for our team? Well, number one, make sure they're full-time. Don't don't hire a part-time agent. This is not a full-time, I mean, this is not a part-time gig. If you're not doing real estate every day, um, then, you know, you're, you're probably not on the top of your game. And there's so many part-time, that's probably, I would say the biggest issue is hiring real estate people that aren't that aren't full-timers. They just sort of do it. They play at it. They don't, you know. Yeah, they may not have to make a sale, but you know they're not very good at what they're doing. And are they? And, and I'm thinking, are they working with people that are where I want to be? Exactly. Yeah. The you, you want to see number one, like we talked about earlier, is do that? Do they own investment real estate themselves? And are they selling any of it? You know, just because you can sell a house doesn't mean you know how to sell a duplex or an apartment complex or an office building. Or those, triple net lease. You know? Yeah, those are entirely different animals. So make sure they're qualified. You know, I've got a CCIM designation, a Certified Commercial Investment Member designation. So, you know, make sure they have some kind of designation that, that sort of shows that they have some experience and some, uh, you know, some seal of approval of that they know something about investment property. In the CPA. CPA, the CPA. You know, C, anybody can do, t- any, you know, you can be a tax preparer mm-hmm. without without being a CPA. So CPA is sort of a, that thump, that that thumbs up of approval from an organization says, you know, this person is qualified, very qualified to do your tax returns. I always use CPA. It's not much more expensive than just, uh, you know, run-of-the-mill tax preparer. But to me, that's very important. I want to make sure, you know, taxes are one of the biggest issues any of us are up against. And when it comes to real estate, there's some great tax benefits for real estate. We didn't have time to get into that. Maybe we can do that some other time. But the tax benefits of real estate are tremendous. And you want to make sure that you're getting all that you can get out of the tax benefits. And the way to do that is make sure you have a really good CPA. So beyond tax preparation, we want some somebody with experience with real estate, real estate tax strategy. Absolutely. Now, Brian, People listening saying, hey, I like the idea. I like how this sounds. I might uh, 
want to have a conversation here? What's, how do they get in touch with you? Is it a website, phone number? What do you think? Yeah, they can go to brianpattoncommercial.com. It's probably the best way, B-R-I-N-P-A-T-D-O-N commercial.com. That's my website, and you can contact me through that. Love to love to t- sit and talk with you. You know, if you just want to talk a few minutes, just give me a call. My phone number's on the website, and we can talk a bit about uh, what you want, how you want to reach freedom through Mailbox Moolah. Brian Patton, thank you so much for joining us today on North Georgia Business Radio X, sharing with us a path to financial freedom. Dr. Bill Lampton, it's been fun as always. I'm Bo Henderson, and we'll see you next week, same time, same place, right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.